Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before we get started this week with the show, folks, I want to remind you to check out etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash April's Sensations. That's right, April's Sensations. Pro wrestler, model, cosplayer, writer, April Hunter. You know, she has her own shop on Etsy. It's fantastic. And I can speak from experience. I mean, I've purchased some candles and soaps and what have you from her. Just really, really cool stuff. And with the holidays coming up for that special someone in your life, including yourself, this is a great time to pick up some of this handcrafted, amazing, made in the USA stuff. We're talking about April's Sensations. If you want to support a pro wrestler and somebody that is really cool, small business owner, you definitely want to check it out. I'm going to give you that website again, folks. That is Etsy. So that's E-T-S-Y dot com forward slash shop forward slash April's Sensations. And let me spell that out. A-P-R-I-L-S-S-C-E-N-T-S-A-T-I-O-N-S. April Sensations, baby. I'm telling you, check it out. Let them know the Duke sent you over there. Enjoy yourselves. And now, let's get on with the show. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Duke, this is your favorite listener, Just Larry. Just Larry knows you're celebrating your birthday, so Just Larry's going to sing you a special rendition of a song written, produced, and performed by, you guessed it, Just Larry. And it goes a little something like this. Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. Duke, remind, remind me to sing you a special copy of that one just because Just Larry knows it's going to be a smash hit. No need to say thanks. Just Larry knows you like it. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling and happy International Duke Day. That's right, folks. Later on this week, it'll officially be my birthday. We're recording this a couple days early, but uh, as you heard from Just Larry with that silly Roman Reigns song, I got to play it every year because that's literally one of the most uh, requested things to hear every year. Shout out to Just Larry. You know what's funny about that, too? Ever since the WWE has done the right thing and allowed Roman Reigns to be his true self, which is a real jerk, which I've been telling you all, all along, literally for the life of this podcast, I've been telling you this guy's no good. I actually kind of like Roman Reigns now. So I don't mind that song as much as I have in the past because Roman Reigns is finally being himself. Imagine that. <laughs> That's right. Listen, we got our man Reed. That's right. Sean Reed later on in the show, he's going to be breaking down that crazy Tyson Jones exhibition card. You know, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. 
the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens there. Reed is a combat sports analyst. You know, he's an expert on boxing. So it should be fun. Great conversation there. Uh, But before we get to any of that stuff, I am going to play for you some of our greatest hits, some of our greatest international Duke Day hits. Okay, so I've compiled a couple of these messages, sprinkled in a couple of new ones here as well. But there are some specifics that folks have just, you know, have loved so much. And I know some of you listeners now, because the show has grown so much over the past nearly five years now, some of you may not have heard some of these crazy messages I've received on my birthday, a.k.a. International Duke Day. So without further ado, check this out. You'll actually hear that slacker, that punk, that no good Boston bad boy in some of these clips here. So should be a good laugh. Check this out. Duke, I understand you're an old mofo right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I'd like to say, you know, don't do like I did and soil the carpet on like your 56th birthday. <laughs> do what I did. So, uh, which is a legend in my house. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Big Sam, and I'm here to wish Duke a happy birthday. He might not have the best knowledge of politics. Um, maybe he <laughs> slacks a little bit when he comes to talking about pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. But the biggest time he was an idiot is when he asked me to speak to the Queen about getting him knighted. She doesn't even bloody know who you are, mate. Anyway, have a great day. Cheerio. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, I gotta listen. I love the British. They have my sense of humor. And the fact that they're so good at shitting on people really, really translates well to, to shitting on you. Listen, Big honest. Sam, and, and I don't care how big and how bad you are. He, he has the move, the Big Sam bomb, by the way, which well, he go. drops people in their head, maybe basically. He, maybe he could give you that for your Well, I'm just going to tell him right now, the Queen absolutely knows who I am, <laughs> and I think it's a disgrace that you would even claim that she doesn't know who I am. So you let her know that the Duke is ready to be knighted. It sounds like you hang out... Sir Duke. It sounds like you hang out with a lot of queens. You seem like you have a lot of knowledge about what's going on That's here. right. I do. <laughs> I do. Are you going to play something worth listening to? Well, you know, Jesus, uh, you Big know, Sam, I'm disappointed in you, by the way. Well, listen, you're asking for people to be nice to you when, in fact, nobody likes you. That, that's so how what, how do you expect this to go? Play something Honestly, decent. How do you expect this to go? Play something decent. I don't listen, Boston bad boy. Seriously, play yeah. something decent. So it's the Duke of Wrestling roast. And we're here with the Big Vito brand. What roast? Can't believe I'm actually going to do a roast about the host who knows the most. Now, I just got to say, where would Vito get the idea that there's a roast happening? Uh, Yeah, where? It's amazing, isn't it? And and how come I wasn't uh, notified of this? A roast? You're notified now. And that's myself, the Big Vito brand. You know, Duke (laughs) talks a big game and how he knows about all these intellectual stimulating things. And he's into the politics and he knows about broadcasting. But what does he really know? (laughs) Absolutely zero. Give me a break. Ask him to put out an article. Takes him five weeks. (laughs) Ask him to put something in the mail. Takes him six weeks. (laughs) Ask him to write you back an email takes him seven weeks you know why because he can't do nothing <laughs> he's one of the most bullshittingest people in the wrestling industry that you ever want to hear from and it's the duke of wrestling i i just don't even know what to say to that well the best part is he's not done why because he's the duke of 
bullshit. <laughs> That's right. Duke of wrestling equals the Duke of bullshit because nothing he says is relevant. All right, that's enough. He also says that his favorite guy and his favorite man in the business is Meltzer. I mean, you can't get any higher than that, can you? Look at that. Big Vito. He's getting his nails done. And he made the time to lay it all out for you. You know? I'm really starting to like... Actually, you know what? I'm really starting to like International Duke Day. Stop that. We should do this once a week. You you put them up to this crap, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Absolutely not. I... How dare... I don't have to no. sit here and take no, this. No, you set this up. I don't have to sit here and take this as you besmirch my you good name. You set this up. Enjoy no. your poison, There's my no friend. way Big Vito would bury me like that. I, there's you no way. It. I don't want to believe What did I do? An impression of I, him? Well, that was know. him. I'm going to talk to him, him about this, though. But don't worry, because I'm a little afraid of him, because he's bigger than me. Well, but but still, I'm going to talk to him about this, because there's no way he buried me like that. All right, well, let's just move on, then. How could he accuse me... Of saying that uh, Dave Meltzer is my biggest guy, I, that's not true, you know. Well, I don't that's know. That's not true. Uh, rumor gets around, I guess. I'm sick of it. Do you have anything good? Because I'm going to cut this off right now. Right, I'm sick on. of this. Let's see. Well, let's see what we got here. Hi, this is Noah Harlow Lagrasso, the fairest podcaster of them there all, we go. and I want to wish Duke a happy birthday. Yes. I'm not sure why. He's kind of a dork. Kind of a nerd. Hangs out with Vito. That says a lot for his personality. Heard he's a Meltzer fan. She wait a minute. She Again with the Meltzer she, stuff. She not only buried you, she buried her own husband. But anyway, happy birthday, Duke. I hope you don't get a paper cut and pour lemon juice in it. Wow. Have a nice Jesus. day. Look at that. That's brutal. You know what it was? She led you down the primrose path, then she took a turn. Oh, my God. Which, was, which I applaud, by the way. I, that was I, masterful. I don't think I want to hear any more. That was that, well, the problem is you insisted that we do this. No, so I, I take it na- back. No, you can't. You know why? It's International Duke Day. Oh, stop You can't it. just you're stop it. You're making a stupid you, face you, when you, you can't. You. you can't stop it now. No. The momentum is well, too big. Well, play something that's decent. Well, I think they've all been decent, so I think you should stop insulting our listeners who have took time out of their day. Duke! This is international wrestling star Tyra Rusumi. I'm taking a break from rearranging pretty faces from all over Asia and... <laughs> Just want to let you know that I have a little special birthday surprise for you. Yes. The next time I'm in the United States, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> Happy birthday, Duke. We love everything you do for wrestling and wow, superheroes. You are a superhero. Enjoy your day. Happy birthday. Hey, guys, this is Jay Z Flair, the Bojangles champion, and I'm here with my bride. This is Chelsea. And we're here to talk about jayzflair.com slash store. And also, you can find me at beneaththemakeup.com. And we just want to make sure that Duke has a happy, happy birthday. So for me and my bride, I hope you have an awesome birthday. All right, we're keeping this train going here. And I mean, man, I'm just, I'm really excited once again. I don't know what's going to happen on this episode, folks. As you know, every year we do this uh, International Duke Day celebration, celebration of my birthday, which is really a celebration of all my friends uh, out there. So, you know, the the hotline is open. Anybody could be calling. In fact, I'm looking at the, (laughs) the line right now. It's ringing. So wait, hold on one second here. Uh, Hello. Hey, Duke. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Who is this? This is Aubrey. You don't know my voice. Oh. 
I'm, just I'm sorry, Aubrey. I'm sorry. Listen, I, you know, I, I got people from all over the place calling me, so I, I, I always want to make sure. I don't want to call you the wrong name, and then I know somebody like you, too. I mean, you give me a knuckle sandwich or something, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. You don't get my name wrong. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I better make sure. Now, wait yes. a second, Aubrey. You're down there in Florida, right? I am. And you know what? It's supposed to be warm and it's not. And I have an attitude about it. <laughs> oh, OK. Yes. OK. Because, you know, here in Boston, we, we've been dealing with um, freezing temperatures. But I know that the next couple of days we're going to be hitting 50 degrees. So maybe we took some of that warmth from down there you know and uh, brought it up north here. <laughs> No, bring me my warm back, okay? Okay, all right. I got let me let me write that down. I better make sure I bring Aubrey her her warmth back there. Now, as far as I know, you're not a pro wrestler technically, although you are pretty tough. I know you can you can beat me up, so I got to make sure I watch my I words am from here. Detroit. That's right. That's hey, listen. <laughs> so I already know. I better watch myself. But down in Florida, now you're a real estate uh, professional, right? I am. Yes, I am, actually. Okay, okay. Because, you know, a lot of our listeners and, and many of our guests, uh, you know, the pro wrestlers, a lot of them are centrally located all around Florida. And, and a lot of our listeners are down there or are looking into property if they don't already own property down there. What what sort of services do you provide, Aubrey? I'm actually gra- glad that you called to talk about this. I help owners list and sell their homes. I help buyers buy uh, real estate and especially for investment purposes and for their primary um, residents, as well as property management services. So if there's a, a person that has property in the state of Florida and they would like someone to manage their, their property, I do that as well. And that's also for um, residential and commercial real estate. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a mixed bag of a little bit of everything there. So that's pretty cool. Let, let me ask you, is it actually a good time right now? Um, to be, you know, whether you're buying or selling or looking into doing something with real estate, is this a good time to be doing that right now? Right now, it is a great time for both. And the reason is because the interest rates on loans are so low, they're record-breaking low. So, and that's over the past five years, we haven't seen interest rates this low in the two and three percent. So yes, this is a great time to buy. And then as well, there's not a ton of inventory on the market at this moment. So sellers are getting a great price on their homes as well. That's pretty wild. Now, we're out of the uh, woods as far as the hurricane season right now, right? Well, technically, hurricane season is June to December. (laughs) It's half the year. But um, yes, we are pretty much out of the woods. We may have maybe... A storm, but typically by the time the end of October passed, maybe the beginning of November, the hurricanes are pretty much gone. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, once again, this is a great time for people to, um, whether you're looking to buy or sell, especially down there in Florida, all over Florida, there, uh, Aubrey Aubrey Bridges it would be a great person to tap into and and get some more information and really get some guidance on what you can do in terms of uh, property down there in Florida. Now, a person doesn't have to live currently in Florida in order to to, uh, contact you about property in Florida, right? Absolutely not. I am licensed for the entire state of Florida. So all the way up from Tallahassee, Jacksonville, um, Orlando, and I'm centrally located in South Florida. So um, 
West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Dade County, even in Key West, I can um I'm licensed. So yep. That is awesome. That is awesome. Once again, Aubrey Bridges, you know, I, I've checked out your Instagram, which is pretty cool. And I know you got some great information right there. Folks can contact you through that. Why don't you let everybody know what your Instagram is? So my Instagram is Aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-Y, Bridges, B-R-I-D-G-E-S, Realtor, R-E-A-L-T-O-R. So Aubrey Bridges Realtor is my Instagram. And as you heard, everyone, she's from Detroit. So all of you are yes. uh, tough ladies and tough guys out there. You know, she, she's just like you. So <laughs> be a great person to do some business with uh, for sure. And I, hey, listen, I'm afraid of her. So I got to always make sure I watch. My mouth. I don't want any problems. You know, I, I heard through the grapevine that Aubrey one time took her shoe and was about to go up somebody's head because they were disrespecting other folks. So listen, you know, I make sure I come correct. I don't play. I don't play. Listen, Aubrey, you didn't you didn't know that calling into the hotline here, I was going to put you on the spot to plug your stuff. But, hey, you did a good job. Thank you. I'm all about the shameless plugs. It's, it's I'm about <laughs> I'm about business. I, you know, I, I want to provide my customers with the best service possible um, and basically making this transaction and this um, their investments run as smoothly as possible. So that's what I'm here to do. Good stuff. Good stuff. Her name is Aubrey Bridges. Once again, Instagram, Aubrey Bridges uh, Realtor. And I'm going to put that tag in the comments there so you folks would be able to have a direct link where you could check her out. Anyone in and around Florida, if you if you own property, if you're looking to, to uh, buy property down there, if you're interested in Florida real estate, if you have some questions about Florida real estate, Aubrey Bridges, that's the person to talk to. Aubrey, once again, thank you for the uh, birthday wishes. I appreciate you calling in and thank you for not hurting me. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me and happy birthday to you. You enjoy your time. Like I said, you never know what's going to happen here. I mean, the hotline is ringing. We don't know what's going on. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back on the other side there, my conversation with the one, the only, Reed. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! All right, folks, you know, we just had one of the, the biggest pay-per-view events to happen in a long, long time. We're talking about Tyson versus Jones, right? Two legends, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., they put on an exhibition, and I want to put an emphasis on that word. They put on an exhibition, a little bit of real boxing, a little bit of celebrity boxing, and then this exhibition with music acts and all kinds of other craziness in between. I mean, Jesus, they even had commentary from Snoop Dogg, of all people. So you know me, okay? I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm an expert on everything. I got to go to the experts. I got to go to the people who really know the real deal. And on this International Duke Day celebration episode, it's our annual episode here, I couldn't think of anyone better than to bring in to have this conversation, especially considering the fact that the first time this person was ever on this show, it was based around a similar type of event. Well, we're talking about uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. That was the first time I had this guy on the show, hunted him down, brought him on the show for that reason. And we've, you know, he's just been a great guest ever since. Uh, I've even collaborated him on some other things as well. 
So without further ado, welcome back. And this is going to be familiar territory for him. My man, the one, the only Sean Reed, a.k.a. Reed, a.k.a. Reed BBS. BBS. What's going on there, Reed? Brother Duke, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, my man, dude. What are you, 52, 53 now? What, what, <laughs> what, Don't where do we that. Now? Don't do that to me now, Reed. What, come on, man. You know, <laughs> I, I, am, I am a very young 38. Right? Okay. Yeah, you're several years younger than moi. So, yes. Okay. Yes, you got me beat by a couple of years. I, you know, we won't say several. We won't do that to you either. We'll say a couple of years, right? <laughs> Happy birthday, brother, for real. Love you, man. I appreciate it, man. Love you too, brother. You know, you, you've become like part of the family, man. This, this journey that we've had with the podcasting and, and good stuff, man. Absolutely. Stuff. And, and it, it's really ironic that to have you on the show to talk about this card, because legitimately, and I don't know if you remember that, I think I mentioned it to you before a couple of weeks back, but the first time that you came on this show was the Mayweather, uh, Conor McGregor fight. So this is a similar turn of events. You know what I mean? To be talking about this joint now. I don't remember that. Uh, I'm not saying you're lying. Uh, it's a combination maybe of my drinking and some Duke loves wrestling. <laughs> but but uh, you say that's the case, and I, I trust you. I trust you with my life. So if you say it, that's, then that's the case, dude. That's the yeah, case. well, here's the thing. You've been, on the, you've been on my show so many times now at this point. In fact, um, yes. your voice, you know, you're part of one of the intros that I use. So legitimately, Sean Reed has been on Duke Loves Wrestling more than anyone in the history of the show other than myself. So, you know. So uh, I think you have Al Snow and, of course, Macho. No one does it better. Yep. And then is it is it Rowdy Roddy Piper with the, with the kick ass and chew bubble gum? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Okay, I didn't know I was part of that. That I'm honored to be a part of that. Like, good God, I've got to. Uh, like, that'll become my ringtone. Hook me up with that, please. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it, because you know, and it, it's you. It's a hundred percent you, man. I'll, I'll send that to you. Okay. Uh, for a good laugh. So, and it was. What's funny is that when we recorded that, we call it an ID in radio and what have you. When we recorded that ID, that was literally the first time you came on the show. So we did the interview and then you recorded the ID afterwards. Wow. Okay. Bet. Listen, bet. man, I, I'm one of those, not only do I have all the material, but I have a good memory, brother. So yeah, I'll tell you the whole history about yourself. Don't worry. Real quick before we get started and we're going to get into the Tyson Roy thing and the commentary of Snoop, etc. I think I could add, I think I could add a Snoop Dogg level element to a wrestling uh, broadcast like of a match. I'm just saying. I might be wrong, but let's just let's just table that. Let's table that uh, for somewhere down the line. I'm just putting it out there. You know what? That's You know something? We're going to have to do that. So for the Duke Loves Wrestling fans out there, you know, I think Reed and I are going to have to do what's called a watch-along. I'll put up yes. a poll. I'll put up a poll, and folks can pick out a match that they would love to hear some alternative commentary on. And Reed, you and I will call the match. Bet. Let's do it. I love that. That's that's a great idea. That's a great idea. We'll do that. That that's you can hold me to that, brother. Let me let me let me pull together a list of matches, like greatest matches of all time or something like that. Obviously something long enough and entertaining enough, and then we'll we'll add our little little pizzazz to it. I like that. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's let's get to it, brother. You we, we had uh Iron Mike Tyson 
and Roy Jones Jr. These are things that we thought we would never, ever, ever see. I never thought I'd see Mike Tyson ever step foot in the ring again. Although when he had that interview on his own show, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson, and he interviewed um, Sugar Ray Leonard, Mike literally broke down crying, talking about how he misses who he used to be, that crazy boxer, that guy that would just step in the ring and want to annihilate somebody, want to beat the hell out of him, what have you. He misses that person, and he feels empty without that person. Um, But he's also afraid of that person because he knows if he goes back to being that person, hell is coming with that person. So it was interesting when, when we think back about that moment, knowing where we are today, it's like I guess that might have been the turning point, right? I think that's safe to say. Uh, you're the one that hip, hipped me to that video. I thank you for that. It, uh, this is more than anything else. People will say, oh, Mike's making this money. People are questioning how much of what he's making he's actually donating to charity. I don't care about that. More than anything else, to bring what you just said, to wrap that up into a bow, I think this has been a therapeutic experience for Mike Tyson. Boxing is what made him. Boxing is what rescued him when he was a troubled kid and in and out of juvie. It was the fact that he could fight a little bit that got him noticed by the uh, the trainer at the juvenile detention center who had a relationship with Cus D'Amato. Like it all, boxing brought that all together. So now they've created this vehicle. Uh, it's actually a league. I don't know if you knew that. The the Roy Tyson fight was the was kickstarting the league. I liken it to Ice Cube's Big Three Basketball League. Got a lot of old timers wanting to come back and throw their, uh, you know, throw throw hands once again. And they're trying to create a safe way to do this. Now it's hard to uh, it's hard to replicate or dumb down uh, uh, or even just quote unquote play boxing. Like you're you're rolling the dice there. But for Jones Tyson, they pulled it off masterfully. You're absolutely right, and I agree with you 100%. And I noticed that they asked, they they brought that up at the end that this was kickstarting a, a league or you know a promotion, so to speak. Um, there was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of disjointed things going on there because I guess whatever was originally planned didn't happen. Starting with Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne pulled out of the event at the last minute. He was supposed to perform not Snoop. It was supposed to be Lil Wayne performing. And I don't even think Snoop was supposed to be on commentary. I think that was added in at the last minute as well to make up for Lil Wayne. But the way that I understand it, Wayne was supposed to be there to help them make the big announcement that they were starting a league and that this was the first event. So in execution, it didn't happen the way that it was expected to happen because they were also supposed, also supposed to be given the belts in the ring as part of the announcement. And that didn't okay. happen in execution as they originally had planned for it to happen. So it was a little confusion. You could tell, but anyone who's ever promoted anything and, and Reed, you could speak to this even better than I can. Uh, no matter what you plan, things happen, right? And you just kind of have to adjust and roll with it. So I'm not taking anything away from them the confusion, especially at the end and how, how kind of disjointed it looked. I actually appreciated that because that just goes to show it's okay because it was still entertaining and it actually added to the spectacle for me. I just, I found it amusing to be quite frank. I mean, I've never heard Lil Wayne. I've seen him at certain fights, not personally, but you know, he'll be one of the celebrities that they 
uh, pan the camera to, you know, sitting ringside or whatever. But knowing what I know now, uh, having having seen how it played out, I could not imagine Little Wayne sitting in Snoop's place. Snoop is just like, who doesn't like Snoop? I'm not saying uh, Wayne's kind of done some things recently to make himself a little less likable. But even before that, he, he's always had this kind of half drunken, just spaciness to him. And even though we all know what Snoop indulges in, he's still like, he's he's like the black Willie Nelson. You know, every, everybody loves Snoop. People that don't even smoke would, would smoke with Snoop. And it, it's I'm not trying to promote drug use or anything, but I couldn't, it worked out better for them. Like, <laughs> I want to know who wanted Lil Wayne over Snoop. Because it, it couldn't have worked out better than the way it did. Like, real talk. I'm, I'm with you 100%. And I'll, I'll, let me give a little bit more background on this, too because you really got to start with Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, ESPN First Take, right? So that show would bring on all these celebrities to come on and talk about sports and things like that, talk shit, what have you. And guys like Snoop and Lil Wayne, they would come on. And Lil Wayne, was a, not only was he such a, a welcome guest, but I think he did a theme song for Skip's new show, which is on FS1 with Shannon Sharp, right? So there's a relationship from a sports and hip-hop perspective where for some reason Lil Wayne is just in that circle so much that that's why he's respected. But I'm going to, you know, give a hot take here, and I'm not trying to get you in trouble here, Reed, so you don't have to agree or disagree, what have you, but I I always... I disagree. (laughs) Yeah, just disagree. (laughs) No no matter what it is, just disagree. I've always found Lil Wayne to be a very poor interview. Um, his, and I don't know if it's because of whatever he's on that day or if he got enough rest or whatever the hell it is. We know that he's, he's been addicted to liquid codeine before, so that might be something. He's chopped and screwed, as y'all folk down in Texas would say. Um, <laughs> but, hey, listen, I know, my, I know DJ Screw. But, okay, um, okay, okay. I, Impressive. Yes, sir. Unlike Snoop, who always communicates clearly and who always – is somebody who's entertaining and you understand what the hell's going on with him. Lil Wayne is just always a poor interview. So I, I agree with you. If, if Wayne would have been there commentating or having to speak, it would not have come across any way that anyone could have expected that would have been effective. It actually would have been ridiculous. Uh, so I was glad that Snoop was in that seat too, brother. I'm with you there. Uh, I know Wayne is a sports fan. You can, if you know Wayne's music, you can hear sports references. I love Wayne as a rapper, but with that said, I don't necessarily want to sit down and listen to Lil Wayne talk about sports. Whereas, again, Snoop is so lovable. Uh, Snoop could read pages out of the dictionary or the Bible, and he could make that entertaining. So sports, yeah. Boxing, hell yeah. Snoop Snoop over Wayne all if. Wayne's a better rapper than Snoop today for those out there like, whoa, man, what is this dude talking about? We're talking about dropping some bars, 16 bars or whatever on this hot beat. Yes, give me Wayne. But for entertainment purposes, hey, just sit down and talk, be it an interview about whatever subject. Yes, give me Snoop over Little Wayne all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. Damn right. Damn right. Agree with you 100%. When we talk about, before we get to the specific fights, Reed, when we talk about the spectacle of the event, let me get your take on the spectacle of the event, because I'm going to be honest with you. I could have done without 
and this is just me personally. I'm not saying that they should get rid of it. In fact, stick with it if it, if it worked. And it, clearly it did work. I could have done without a, a music act in between every single fight. But, but what's your take on the spectacle of the whole event there? It was a little jagged at times. Uh, I think Neo did a song. Was, uh, was Wiz Khalifa a part of it also, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, between every song, it's a bit much. Or maybe uh, recognize the fact that you have a diverse audience. Like, it was all hip-hop artists, if I'm not mistaken. And I love hip-hop. I'm a hip-hop dude, you know. I was eight years old when Rapper's Delight came out by the Sugar Hill Gang. I ain't mad at that at all. But I'm saying you don't have all hip-hop fans watching. Now, I don't know uh, how they could have promoted or, or achieved the, the act of getting, say, a country artist or a pop artist or whatever other genre of music artists included just to kind of bring everybody in. Because especially during the, uh, the pay-per-view, it amounted to just a bunch of, of yelling in the microphone. It, it wasn't even the songs that were playing, some of which I liked, you know, the radio version or the version you hear on your CD came off much better than the way it was displayed on fight night. So they could tighten that up. Here's another aspect to that. though, Duke, uh, the promoters are buying time. Like if a fight ends early, promoters are almost, and especially pay-per-view people, they're hoping most of these fights go the distance. The worst thing that can happen is they have a bunch of early knockouts because you don't want to rush Mike Tyson and Roy Jones into the ring, especially 54 and 51. They're still getting massaged and uh, loosening up those old-ass muscles and tendons and shit. So you don't want to have a big gap. You don't want to have a lot of dead time, especially that new uh, thriller, whatever, thriller, thriller. You know, they didn't have any old fight footage that they could go back to and rely on to fill a 20-minute gap like, say, HBO would have or uh, Fox Sports could do or ESPN could do. So in their case, all they had were musical acts. That, that was all they had. I get why they did it, but they should be uh, moving forward, try to be more cognizant of uh, a cross-pollination of musical genres because, hell, I believe anywhere from a million to 1.5 million people bought the pay-per-view. Well, those weren't all hip-hop fans, I promise you. So accommodate everybody, make, make a more, uh, more of a melting pot in terms of the musical acts. And uh, it, it, it'll, it'll be successful moving forward. And I'm sure they're already talking to things. I'm saying now they've probably already had meetings about, and I would anticipate seeing those changes moving forward. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I mean, you know, you, you got to act like, let me give you an example. A guy by the name of Chris Stapleton, which I think I tagged you on Line Read in one of his songs, one of his recent songs. I think I tagged you in a post I did on Facebook. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Here's a guy who is in the country genre, and he's a big-time songwriter, but he's also done pop songs like for Justin Bieber and what, Justin Timberlake, excuse me, and what have you. Everybody wants to work with this guy. He has a blues rock but almost like a Southern Baptist uh, holler in his music. And the thing about that is it crosses so many different genres. Anybody can listen to that and feel it. So right. when you're talking about a card where you have a diverse fan base who are coming to watch, a Mike Tyson crowd was anybody who, who gave a damn about seeing something exciting. So it crossed all different 
generations and races and, and cultures and what have you. Everybody liked to watch Absolutely. Mike Tyson fight. Absolutely. So an act like that is a hell of a lot more reasonable than just about anyone other than Snoop that we saw. Snoop is Snoop is a classic. Snoop is U2. Snoop is, is Rod Stewart. Snoop is, is, is that classic easy listening that you can, you can get away with putting that up there. But some of these other cats, man, and, and, and also, and I'm just going to say this, the N-word every two words, I mean, it, it was just ridiculous to me, okay? I um, agree. I agree. I don't it was, like it in a public forum. You know, as black men, maybe we use it, maybe we don't. In a public forum, yeah, I, I'm not with that either. I agree with you on that. Nah, I, I'm not here to empower some of these races, especially with the, the level of racism that we've seen in this country over the past few years. Um, and, and, you know, you look at the Department of Justice statistics on hate crimes, and black folk are number one once again, which is terrible. We are number one in being victims of hate crimes committed against us, right? right. And those right. crimes are, are specifically and explicitly, the majority of them are because of our race. That was the, the motivating factor to do commit crime against us. I don't need to see the N-word and hear the N-word over and over and over again on the biggest sports event that happened this year. So, you know, I'm just going to throw that out there for anyone listening. I, you know, I ain't down with that. Fix that. Um, I cringed. To your point, every time I'd hear it, I would kind of cringe a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's not like we're conservative or anything like that. I mean, come on. But still, there's, there's a time and a place for everything. And maybe something like that, there really isn't a time and a place for it anymore. But so so I think they got to tighten up the music acts again. I, me personally, I, I don't need to see a music act after every fight, but I understand that could also be a bathroom break. So I understand. And like you said, buying time for the fighters, that makes sense. So there could sure. be a whole financial aspect to that. That's fine. But they got to tighten it up, man. They got to get acts that make more sense, more diversity, appeal to more crowds and not just my buddy who probably is doing it for free just so they can be on the card, which it could be a lot of that going on too. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll let you and your, and your, and your team into the, to the fight, uh, just perform for us. There you go. They got, right? they, they, all they wanted was pictures with Mike Tyson or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So there could be a whole financial reason why certain people were performing. Cause you know, half of those acts read, you never heard of. We can, we yes. can be honest about that. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? It's like, Come on, this again, it just didn't make any sense. Well, let's get past that now, though. Let's get to the card itself. And we don't have to go over every fight on the card, but from a only general... Only two mattered. Only two mattered. I, and bring it to me. There's only two fights that matter. Let's go. Damn right. Damn right. So we had the undercard, then we had the main card. I, let me ask you this, Reed. Am I right in calling this a celebrity boxing event? Are you Is speaking that of a particular fight? Or no, I'm talking about itself? the card itself. If 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 to, I've been describing it as essentially a, a celebrity boxing event without calling it that, so they've they've been creative with promoting it as an as a, a boxing spectacle, but it's more celebrity boxing than it is what you would normally consider a competitive boxing card. Is is, is that fair, or am I wrong about that? Uh, I would respectfully disagree. So Tyson versus Roy technically was an exhibition. Now, generally in exhibitions, so they wore bigger gloves. Uh, in a professional match, 147 pounds, that's the line of demarcation. If you're the slightest bit over 147, you're going to fight wearing 10-ounce gloves. If you're 147 or lower, 
you're going to wear eight ounce gloves. I'm pretty sure for Tyson uh, Roy, they wore 12 ounce gloves. And the ounces, for those who don't know, that's basically the extra amount of padding that's in the gloves. So they wore bigger, <clears throat> they wore bigger gloves than they would have worn had that been a, an actual sanctioned fight. Uh, they were supposed to wear headgear. In most exhibitions, you wear headgear. But because of the amount of interest, it, it, because of the amount of interest in this fight, they were like, okay, let's, let's do away with the headgear. They actually were supposed to fight like in September. But once the interest, the groundswell built, they was like, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, let's push this back to November maybe. And, you know, we could maybe really, really milk, milk this, which, which they did. So no headgear. Uh, you, you usually don't have judges for an exhibition. Not even usually. You never have judges for an exhibition. And that's where a lot of people kind of were thrown off. Mike Tyson, if you're just judging the, the quote-unquote fight itself, Mike Tyson won. Yet the judges scored it a draw. That's because they, they, they had that. And no one's told me this. I'm not involved with that promotion at all. They weren't going to announce a winner. A, it's an exhibition. B, it's Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones. Both men came out unscathed. So the judges, who were celebrity judges to begin with, they already had it pre-planned. We're going to make this shit a draw. Long as both guys finish the fight, I don't care if one guy gets dropped in every damn round, we're going to make this a draw. Again, Mike won if you were to score it by the letter of the law of an actual fight. Yeah, Mike outpointed him. And people were kind of mad because, I mean, there were there was uh, live betting on this fight. So I get that. But you have to understand what you're going into. Like, there wasn't going to be a winner or a loser in that particular match. And that, that's why the draw was rendered. And that's, that's par for the course of an exhibition. Most times when an exhibition happens, there is no winner or loser. That's just what that is. As far as the rest of the card, technically – uh, Jake Paul has had two professional fights. Nate Nate Robinson was making his debut. That was the celebrity angle. That's what you're referencing. But all of the other fights, so Mike and Roy exhibition, Jake Paul, Nate Robinson, yeah, it's YouTuber versus pro athlete. But these guys, were they, they had their boxing licenses, et cetera. And then the other fights on the card were actual boxers, you know, in the midst of their careers. Uh, either they've had title shots or they're working their way towards title shots. So the long story short, it's hard for me to call the entire event a celebrity event. There were certainly celebrity aspects to it, but it was it was a boxing event with celebrities sprinkled in. Let's put it that way. You know, and, and it's interesting that you jumped straight to the, the, the main event before we, we talked about the the uh, celebrity fight, but it makes sense, and I and I and I want to continue to to do that because I've definitely got plenty to say about that celebrity fight. But let's let's stick to Tyson Jones for a second. Reed, I, I was very disappointed in the lack of understanding from the general public about the fact that this was an exhibition. They gave us the rules, Reed. They talked about the rules during the event. They, the rules were in the newspaper. The, the rules were online. If you went to any of, of their social media, the rules were posted there. They let you know this was not going to be a competitive fight. There would be no judges. There would be no winner. 
both of their hands would be raised at the end. Both of them would receive a belt. This was all clearly spelled out. You could not miss it. And yet so many people were complaining that, a, that it was deemed a quote-unquote draw. What does that say about society as a whole, Reed, when you can give them all the answers and you can prep them and everybody can act like they understand what they're getting into and then turn around and react the way that they did? It's like any other aspect of life. You and I have talked politics a lot. People don't read. People don't, people don't, or people, uh, so a statement is made, a statement is laid out there and people extrapolate what they want from that statement. They only hear the things that make them feel good or touches their sensibilities. I mean, you're right. Hell, they even, they even deviated from the rules of an exhibition. You're supposed to wear headgear. You're supposed to wear headgear. They didn't wear headgear. You're not supposed to have judges. Okay. We'll, we'll dig into the promotion's budget and have three glorified judges sit here. I, I think Christy Martin was one. I forget who the other two were. But they were all, like, uh, tied to combative sports in some way. Uh, Israel Adesanya from MMA, he even was one of the guest commentators. They, they, they set up all these bells and whistles to appease the people who were complaining. But they, I mean, again, like you said, they put it out there up front. If I tell you you're dating a chick, you tell her, look, mama, I'm an asshole. You don't really want to date me. And she still puts it out there and tries to date you. Then she really can't be mad on the back end and, and be like, you know what? You're a real asshole. <laughs> well, I told you that. I told you that from the beginning. So no one was lied to. No one was misled. And again, you have a 54-year-old facing a 51-year-old. Like, what did, what did you really expect? And I know it's, it, I was very nostalgic. Hey, it's a Tyson pay-per-view. This was 1990. Tyson speaks all over again for me, you know. And everybody back then knew, hey, man, don't go to the fridge when Mike's fighting. You, you better not. Don't go to the bathroom. Don't go to the fridge because this could end early. It didn't end early, but we still had that feeling. So I guess that's why people – were upset with the draw, and of course, if they bet money, you don't you don't bet money on exhibitions. People don't do that. Don't don't do that. In fact, you tell your listeners, come through you next time. If you're threatening to bet on an exhibition, holler at Duke. Duke will holler at me, and we'll steer you guys the right way. Oh, I mean, because you got to be a, a plump fool to bet on an exhibition. Right. I mean, that's just right. <laughs> Right, so who bet? So, like, were you really gonna bet on Rocky Balboa versus Thunderlips? Like, with the, you know, did some <laughs> in that mythical fight from Rocky Three? Okay, you really you were gonna bet on that, huh? Okay. But this is what I'm talking about. It, it just and and the problem with betting on exhibitions is that you're setting yourself up for them to control the the outcome even more, right? Yes. So if yes. somebody threw an exhibition, so what? What are you going to do about that? It's an exhibition. Everybody's the whole point was seeing anyway. Mike Tyson. The whole point was seeing Mike Tyson and Roy Jones in a ring. And as a man who admired and worshipped them both, Roy more so than Tyson in my case, admittedly, it was heaven. I was terrified for Roy ahead of time because you saw those uh, the midwork videos Mike was putting out. It was like, whoa, Lord. And you never really know. That's the thing about exhibitions. You never really know. 
The commission can tell you this. Look, I don't want you guys going hard. There's a no knockout rule. Okay, well, that bell rings and it's just those two guys. If one of those guys deviates, it's like pro wrestling. You can have this script all you want, but if one guy blatantly deviates, then what? You know what I'm saying? There's always that what if. For sure. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's been a lot of talk. In fact, I had um, pro wrestler Big Vito Lagrazo on the show last week. A lot of people don't know this about Vito. They know him from his pro wrestling days, you know, ECW, WCW, WWE, whatever. This is a guy who was, who was in the military. Um, he was a trained fighter, and he was actually a recruited basketball player, too, as a young person. So he's really into sports and, and the psychology behind competitive things. Um, okay. He ripped Roy Jones Jr. a new one over the way that he looked coming into the fight. I want to ask you this, reading. Listen, we're, we're dad bod guys. You know what I mean? I, I, I celebrate my belly. I love it. I don't care. Um, but I will admit that when, when Roy Jones Jr. walked in that ring, he and I looked exactly the same. And I'm sitting there saying, well, damn, I haven't been training for no, no big boxing exhibition. Uh, I could walk in the ring and look just as good as him right now as far as looking. I'm not talking about throwing hands. I'm just saying the man did not look like he had been training for to be on TV. Okay, He looked completely out of shape. He moved well. I'm just talking about physically weight before the bell rang, the way he looked, and especially when you compared him to the way that Mike Tyson looked, who Mike looked like he, he could fight right now. He could fight anybody right now. He just looked awesome. So what's your take on that, uh, Reed? Do, do you give Roy a hard time from the, from the conditioning that he, at least physically how he looked, or do you just chalk that up to age? I would. Uh, here's, a, here's the thing. We don't know. We don't know what Roy's body looked like the first time they signed uh, the contracts for this fight. Yeah, his body, I, uh, like I told my oldest daughter, I said, she was like, what's up with Roy? I'm like, you know, he could pull that body off. Uh, we have a water park here in Dallas called Wet n' Wild. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the dad by guys like myself, you know, we'll wear a t-shirt at a water park, right? You know, we don't, the world ain't ready for this big old one pack that I got in my stomach. I ain't ready for that. <laughs> but uh, Roy, for, for prime Roy, yeah, his body looked bad. But for a dad bod guy, I was like, okay, you know, you could, I've seen guys at, at the water park walking around shirtless like that. That wasn't so bad. And yes, uh, Roy weighed, I believe, 210 pounds, by far the heaviest he's ever been for any fight. I don't think he's ever been over 200 pounds for any fight in his career until Tyson. But to the, uh, back to the point of the guy that you said was trashing him, okay, does he know what weight Roy wore? Roy could have been 250 pounds when he signed the contract to fight Mike or, or heavier. Like, we really don't know. Mike had been actively training with no uh, goal in mind of fighting, but we, we knew Mike was shaving off weight. We saw the, uh, the mid-work videos, et cetera. And then out of nowhere, Roy Jones just presented this opportunity. Well, it's easy to say he wasn't in shape. He didn't take it serious. But I keep going back to the fact we don't know what he weighed when he was first presented the opportunity. So at that point, if you're 260 pounds or whatever and you're 51, uh, it's not going to be quite as easy to get in shape as it was when you were 31 or 21 or even 41. So. 
with that said, I would push back a little bit. And I know all you got to do is Google a prime, a picture of a prime Roy Jones's body. I promise you he was uh, less satisfied with the way he looked than anyone else in the world. Roy Jones had one of the best physiques ever. Like, he, you know, comic book abs. And the thing with him, he wasn't a bulky guy. He was a lean muscle guy. It was like he had muscles in places people shouldn't have muscles. He had definition where you shouldn't have definition. So I promise you, he felt way worse about the way he looked shirtless than anyone else did. And because that's my dude, Roy Jones, I don't know him, but he's my dude. He's one of my my biggest idols and role models. I'm thinking it's the fact that we don't know what he weighed before the fight was even presented to him, and he had a challenge getting down in weight. That That's, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Oh, and, and you're a guy, I mean, come on, you're a boxing analyst, you, you're a former promoter, so I, I'll take your word for that. I didn't think about that angle. So not to say that that's exactly what the issue is, but that's a, that's a take that's a possibility that I didn't even think of. And if that's the case, if he weighed so much more, then, yeah, it, it might be a dramatic uh, improvement by the time fight card came to what exactly. he looked like when he, when, he, when he was even, forget about signing the contract, just negotiating the contract. So that's a, that's a fair take there. I appreciate that. Um, let's talk about the action, Reed. It was the tale of two separate mindsets. I feel like, and this is my impression, so I want to get your take on this. I feel like Roy Jones Jr. walked in that ring for an exhibition, and Mike Tyson is not capable of having an exhibition, or at least the, the de- degree of what an exhibition is to Mike is not the same thing as what Roy and the rest of us were thinking. Mike walked in there to fight to a certain degree, and Roy walked in there just to put on a show so, and I think Roy was surprised and at one point damn near terrified, like, wait a second. <laughs> I thought we were just here to have a good time. <laughs> I didn't like I mean I, I liken it to a basketball game. You know, you you might you might have somebody who who played high level college sports or even in the NBA a little bit, uh, who comes back to the neighborhood and we just messing around and it's cool, and then next thing you know, the fool dunks on you. It's like what I, th- I thought we were right, just messing right. around. Right. <laughs> so I got the impression that Roy got tagged, especially some of them body shots where he was like, damn, Mike, he's up. You know, I thought this was a show, baby. But I- am I right in thinking that? Or did you get that same impression or, or what? It was somewhere in the middle to me. It was somewhere in the middle to me. The goal, I think Mike walked in not wanting to, uh, neither man wanted to be hurt, okay? Not seriously hurt. However, they also were acutely aware of the fact, look, I'm Roy Jones, you're Mike Tyson. If we come in here and we bullshit the public, even at our ages now, that's not going to reflect well on our legacies. Like, this will become a footnote on Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, they had this crap fight where they juiced the public for money at the tail end of their career. So I won't say it was scripted, but I could see where maybe, like, here's the deal with Mike. So Roy, we all know Roy was doing a lot of holding. I don't blame him. It's like, yeah, you better contain those hands, those arms, because Mike's got hydrogen bombs in his gloves. That's how hard he hits. But I also, especially early, I think Mike was, uh, was telegraphing intentionally 
he was telegraphing some of his shots to the head. Like, look, Roy, I can't just not swing at your head. So I'm going to throw this right hook. I'm going to throw it nice and wide. And if your ass don't see it and get out the way, that's on you. So Mike would, you know, he would, his technique is a little tighter. And it could also be an age factor. But to the degree that Mike threw to the head, he was telegraphing his head shots. So Roy could either duck or just run the hell up out of the exchange altogether. I did see an instance in the last round where Roy could have drilled Mike with a hard left hook, and instead he kind of eased up and just touched Mike with the left hook. But to your point, they were throwing hard blows to the body the whole fight. They were throwing hard in the exchanges, and at one point you could see Mike getting kind of frustrated, not frustrated, but tired of Roy clinching him, and Mike would kind of fling him around, you know, like big bro would do to little bro. But again, we're talking 54 and 51. The effort they put forth was good. I wouldn't have gained anything from seeing either man get seriously hurt or knocked out. Who wants to see a 54-year-old or 51-year-old get embarrassed? Like, would, would that have done anything for – it wouldn't have done anything for me, maybe for the betting public. But I think it played out perfectly. Now, moving forward, that's going to be the challenge for these exhibitions. Uh, and depending on who Mike fights, and we can get into that, you know, down the line, that's that's going to be another uh, another element, which will make it intriguing, which will make people want to watch and, and spend their dollars to uh, spend their hard-earned dollars to watch this. But yeah, it was long story short, it was it was not staged. But Mike was aware, look, Roy's a naturally smaller guy than me. He's, <laughs> like you said yourself, Roy, he's in worse shape than me, me being Tyson. So, okay, I don't have to go that hard on this guy, but I'm not going to juice the public either. I'm going to let my hands go. They, they want to see Mike Tyson let his hands go. So that's what Mike Tyson's going to do. And that's what Mike did. And luckily, Roy was, uh, he was on the same page enough to realize when Mike swung at his head, Motherfucker, you better duck, cause cause I'm letting the, I'm letting the punch go. I can't not punch at your head. So I'm le- I'm basically announcing I'm about to punch you in the head or swing at your head. So go ahead and duck, and that's what Roy did. But yeah, the body blows, totally legit, totally legit. So Roy, I'm sure, yeah, he don't he don't want to get back in there with Mike. Hell no, and I wouldn't blame him. You know that's a good call, and and you brought up something. So before we get to the the undercard there that celebrity fight I, I do want to say this we won't see this again we won't see two gentlemen being nice to each other in the ring again um because i don't think that people who have that kind of respect and relationship and admiration for each other i don't think it's sustainable to continue to give us fights like that exhibition or otherwise um i i saw some comments from evander holyfield in his camp where he essentially is calling Mike Tyson weak, saying that you ducking me and we, 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 we called you out. We try to put this thing together. Let's do it. That's the fight that everybody wants to see. You know, Roy Jones is a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people don't want to see that. They want to see Holyfield and Tyson stop ducking me. Um, and I know that Tyson doesn't want that fight. And I, I'm sure he doesn't want that fight for a multitude of reasons. Number one being he might kill Holyfield. Um, and number two being, I don't know how Michael react if Holyfield was able to handle him. 
So it's a double-edged sword in that regard. I don't think that Holyfield is in any kind of shape to be, and I haven't seen him, but I just, just listening to him, the way he communicates, I think he's kind of, there might be some CTE issues or something there. Um, I don't think Holyfield is in any kind of shape to get in the ring with Mike Tyson right now. But with that said, if it were to happen, I think there's still just too much bad blood there, man. I don't know that Mike would give Holyfield even a puncher's chance of being able to actually knock him out. What do you think about that? I think Mike would play along, but here's the thing. Of all the guys that you could line up for Mike to have another exhibition with, I think Evander Holyfield is the most likely to deviate, and I hate to keep using the word script. Let's call it a gentleman's agreement. When they're in the ring, Holyfield's most likely to deviate from a gentleman's agreement to not try to hurt each other. Because even though he has two wins over Mike Tyson, that still has not uh, removed him from Mike Tyson's shadow. And it, it just is what it is. Yeah, you can be the guy, and still the public will love this other guy over you, even though Holyfield was the church boy. Yes, sir, no, sir. And, you know, we know Mike has a checkered past. Mike's just a more lovable, intriguing figure overall. And there's a bit of resentment there on Holyfield's part. Like, you don't hear Holyfield trying to set up an exhibition with anybody else. He wants an exhibition with Mike Tyson. So when they get in there, everybody will say all the right things. The boxing commission will remind them, hey, it's an exhibition. We don't want this. We don't want that. We're going to have this referee in place to make sure you guys only go so far. But again, Holyfield, he'll be, he's most likely to deviate. And once you deviate from that gentleman's agreement, the shit is on. Now, now it's on. So once you hit Mike unexpectedly, okay, Evander. Now, let's 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 keep it real. Evander's like 57, 58. Like he's older. He's older than Mike Tyson, if I'm not mistaken. And like you said, he's in a little bit uh a little bit worse of a state physically. He's not quite, none of them are who they were. But Mike is closer to who he was than Evander is to who he was. So, you know, you're 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 crossing that other side of what was it that Eddie Murphy said in uh life, the upper room, the upper room. Okay, Evander's closer to the upper room. But he would be the one to deviate first. And at that point, once he deviates, then Mike is gonna put his foot in Evander's ass. So uh we would get a real it. KO in that one. We'd get a real KO there, and it'd be a Vander's fault in that instance. I don't want to see it. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Reed. And I, I'm, I'm a little annoyed with Vander and his team for allowing him to talk the way that he's been talking at Mike, uh, posturing and, and demanding this be put together. Because I'm sure he's asking for a lot of money, and rightfully so. I mean, it, it is the only money fight that Mike could have with somebody who's not actively boxing today. Um, but I don't want to see it. I, I just don't want to see it because I don't think. You mean Mike or Evander? What's that? You said that's the only money fight Mike could have with anybody not boxing? Did you mean Mike or Evander? No, I'm talking about Mike. I don't think there's, there's really no interest in seeing Mike fight anybody else where it would be a money fight who isn't Evander. I mean, you would have to go to an active boxer. Now, you know, no one – you couldn't put Mike and Floyd in the ring together. That just wouldn't make any sense. Well, I mean, here, here's – so let me let me say this. Uh, there's a fighter named Shannon Briggs. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's from Brownsville, Brooklyn, like Tyson. He's actually 
uh, and we're going to get to the Paul brothers. The older brother, Logan Paul, he's had a couple of these celebrity fights himself. Okay, his trainer was Shannon Briggs. His trainer was the Shannon Briggs I'm speaking of. There's also Riddick Bowe. Who, nah, uh, come on, Reed. He, Nobody, listen, Reed. No, none of those guys. I mean, I, w- with the exception of the Paul young man that you're talking about, which okay, you might be able to bring in your YouTube audience, a bunch of people who don't really know anything about boxing, these kids, and yeah, you might you might get a payday off of that. So I'll, I'll give you credit on that one. But the I mean, Shannon Briggs, history has forgotten who Shannon Briggs is, and, and you know, come on, man. We <laughs> so you know. so with that said, here's my last name. Out of nowhere. Buster Douglas has expressed interest in having an exhibition with Mike Tyson. Reed, Buster Douglas weighs more than you and I put together. You ain't going to put uh, cheeseburger eating Buster Douglas in the ring today. Come on, man. Dude, here's, here's, here's what <laughs> I'm saying. See, that. Now, <laughs> see now, now I'm putting my promoter hat on. If Buster Douglas can get down to a reasonable weight, now you're talking uh, basically Tyson Douglas too. And everyone knows. Who's the first? Everyone, people that don't even know boxing, know the biggest upset in sports history, forty-two to one, was Mike Tyson versus Buster Douglas. I could be wrong, Duke. I don't. I'm very knowledgeable in combat sports, but I've been wrong. I'm not gonna front like I've never been wrong on anything I've stated. Mike Tyson versus Buster Douglas. If him and Roy did one point five mil pay-per-views, Tyson Douglas too would do that same amount. You know what, I'm Reed? Saying I'm saying that's, that right now. That's why I have you on the show, Reed BBS, because you absolutely know this better than I do. I mean, hell, you were a promoter. So I, I, I tip my hat and I, I bow down. You're absolutely right. To see Tyson Douglas, too, to see Tyson get his potential revenge and yes, avenge yes. that loss, yes. the, the only real loss on his record, let's be honest, everything else is kind of too controversial and Tyson didn't have it in some of his last fights. The only real loss that Tyson ever had was to Buster Douglas, as far as I'm concerned, as far as the general public is concerned. Right. So, exactly. so yeah, the the interest in seeing Tyson beat his ass would be enough for people to tune in. I, I agree. That probably would be the biggest fight in history, to be honest with you, as far as numbers, because people would tune in just to see Tyson beat Buster Douglas's ass. You're right. But let's go further. So – Think, uh, you know, I, I'm not a hockey fan, but I'm sure there's, uh, I know of the term goons, the guys who fight in hockey. Think of the baddest current hockey goon. Put him in an exhibition with Mike Tyson. Uh, let's get some rugby guy. Like, dude, th- there's not a long shelf life for this because Mike is 54. But I think until he gets about 60, just match him with the I – would, I would love to be the matchmaker. Oh, my Lord. I could find all kinds of opponents. I would go Shannon Briggs next. Uh, Riddick Bowe, I'd throw him in there. Or Evander, if he wants it, I'd be like, all right, you know, you you better not take that cheap shot, bro, or it's going to become a real fight for sure. Uh, In the meantime, Buster Douglas, that gives him about a year to go from 390 or whatever he is, get his weight down to where he can look presentable with his shirt off. And then, you know, there, there's a, there's a shelf life for this. People, the key is Mike Tyson. People are intrigued. There are people. There's a generation of people who only heard their parents speak about, oh man, Tyson fight nights were the best. You couldn't even go to the refrigerator. Everyone wants that experience. Everyone wants to be able to, oh yeah, man, I was part of a Tyson fight night. I was part of that, and that's what we saw with the Tyson Roy Jones thing. 
I think there there's a there's a small shelf life, there's a small window of opportunity, but it's still a window of opportunity. And they need to they need to uh press on the gas, go zero to sixty on that. Cause with Mike being fifty four, you probably got till about he's sixty, fifty nine, fifty eight or so to make this happen. Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, I think the next event has to happen before we can't go through the springtime before the next event. I mean, you you got to be looking at somewhere around April or something like that. Get that event going um, for that exact reason. I agree with Mike you. Said, Mike said he wants to fight every two or three months. And here's the key. Uh, for this, the sake of this league, they cannot afford to not have Mike Tyson fighting. Like, you can't sneak Mike in as a commentator. Oh, hell no. Mike, the key is Mike Tyson. He is the league. He has to fight. He, it's like if Jordan, if Michael Jordan was in Cube's Big Three League, okay? You can't just have Mike sitting on the sidelines. People want to see Mike fight. Agreed. Michael Jordan, Michael, Mike Tyson, we need to see it. We need to Ag- see it. Agreed. And you know what? I, I mean, if the money is right, they got to get Layla Ali in there, man. I mean, I, I, that was what I was thinking when I was watching this, too, talking about promoting something. We got to get her out of retirement to, to do at least one of these joints, right? Now, see, I hadn't even thought of that, but I mean, the do- the daughter of Ali, yeah, beautiful woman, talk shit like her daddy, yeah, she's a natural for this. She's a natural for this. That that's a fight that we want to see. In fact, let me throw something at you with this now. If you could find a way to put it together, where somebody like Ronda Rousey, and you could space this out, so you could have her training for the next year to build up to this point, And you can document that training, find, find somebody to get in the ring with Ronda Rousey. It doesn't have to be a Layla Ali, but it could be somebody. This is a way around the UFC thing for her where she doesn't have to get in there and get her ass kicked by Amanda Nunez or Holly Holm again, but she can try her hand at a, a boxing exhibition. Um, people would pay to see that. I'm sure. Right? No, yeah, they would. It's, it's about the name. If you, as long as you have a you have a name and you have a documented history of uh, fistic badassery, that's what I call it. So we know that one time you was a you was a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. That means you still got a little something left. Oh, okay. You're still looking somewhat close to how you looked in your prime in terms of physically. Yeah. Jump in there. And you're willing to do it. Jump in there. Let's see it. Yes. Let's see it. Let's see it. It is interesting to see how COVID-19 has forced innovation uh, in so many different aspects of business, including in the entertainment industry. I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, HBO and whatever their their parent and affiliate companies are. They're going to be releasing movies that would normally be in the movie theaters. They're going to be releasing these movies on HBO Max. Uh, so you'll be able for the first month to see it on HBO Max and then it'll go back to the movie theaters because of COVID. So innovation is just taking over. Um, and, and seeing these folks with name identity, especially like you said, in fistic arts and in combat sports, the, the matches that could happen, the opportunity to, to put on these spectacles is just through the roof. And speaking of which, I mean, let's get right to it here. The undercard and probably the fight of the night just because of how it was the best knockout of the night, uh, this this Jake Paul and this knucklehead slam dunk champion, former Celtic, former Nick, former everything there. Uh, I don't even want to say his name because I feel so bad for him. 
Uh, I'll let you say his name, Reed. <laughs> I don't even want to say his name. I mean, you know, all the uh, Snoop was singing a Negro spiritual because he was trying to raise this man from the dead because he got knocked out so bad. You go ahead, say his name. Precious Lord, <laughs> take my hand. <laughs> Nate Robinson. He's just Nate. I don't even want to. I don't even want to put his that last name on. I don't want to disrespect his family like that. He's just Nate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, look, as a guy actively involved in boxing, I don't normally dig in like this. And just to be clear, uh, full disclosure, Nate being a former professional athlete, Jake Paul being a YouTuber, I was like, Nate is going to kill him. You know, Jake Paul, yeah, you – Jake Paul, until, until – up to this point, he had fought other YouTubers in boxing matches which basically means he hadn't had a damn boxing match to me. What I underestimated about Jake Paul is uh, <clears throat> he's had these YouTube fights over the course of like two years. And with that, he had legitimate boxing trainers training him. Now, that doesn't mean he's ever going to be a world-class fighter himself. But given the fact he's been training for every bit of two or over two years in, in boxing, then you put him in with a guy who hasn't trained at all. Okay, he's at a distinct advantage, and that advantage was painfully obvious when we saw them in the ring together. My man Nate, so out of respect for you, I won't say his last name, but uh, my man Nate went from a noun to a damn verb in one night. You got Nate. You got. I want to say his last He got Nated. So now, like I said in my video, Whereas before we had Chris Tucker in the role of Smokey from Friday standing over you saying, you got knocked the F out. You could just put him, uh, Nate, uh, Nate, Nate, Nate Robinson. It's, it's confusing me, dude. You got to say his name. Nate Robinson. Put a Nate Robinson meme up. You got Nate Robinson. Like he, it was, he miscalculated. Uh, and yeah, it was embarrassing. Now I didn't start digging in on him until I knew he was, he was cool. He had already, Turned the corner. He had already released a statement. Hey, I'm good. You know, I tried. It didn't work out type of thing. But stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your lane. We, we all have lanes. So for all the guys saying, hey, when Nate climbed in there, what could you do? Well, yeah, I could get in there and get knocked out too. But I didn't get in there. I stayed in my lane. We all have lanes. We need to stay in them sometimes. Well, here, here's the thing. I mean – it's great to feel like you were a badass street fighter. and Maybe you knocked a few people out in your neighborhood when you were younger, so you, you still feel like you can do something. That's great. But nothing can stop a professional. And this Jake Paul kid, he is at such a low, uh, uh, the lowest end of the spectrum as far as being a professional that he barely registers, and I get that. But nonetheless, it's clear that some training will, will, will defeat no training Nine times out of ten at least. And, I mean, the kid is not a good boxer, Jake Paul. He looked terrible in that ring. If you put anyone that had any kind of boxing sense in that ring with him, that would have been a different outcome. It's, it's clear. And I've seen, I've seen some of his, his work, so I understand what he's going through. But clearly somebody has trained him on the basics. And that was enough to literally knock this fool out one time and he was able to get up and then just knock him as, as, as Reed, as you would say, knocked him smooth out. I mean, smooth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what you would say there, Reed. <laughs> but it, it was clear this guy was, was taking a nap 
You know what I'm saying? That when he woke up, he probably thought he was in next Tuesday or something. It, it was just crazy. It was it was absolutely crazy that anyone would even sanction this thing because it was obvious as soon as that bell rang, Nate had no clue what the hell he no was clue. doing in that ring. No None. clue. It, lo- it looked like no one even trained him. It looked like he he played the video game or something, or he just assumed because he's black and because he he, he talks shit that he could fight. But it's like, brother, you can't box. You might be able to fight, but you can't box. It was terrible. right, right. And to your point about race, oh, I'm fighting this white YouTuber. Okay, yeah, I got. He ain't fought nobody, man. I, I, I'm from the streets or wherever. Okay, and yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> but your ass had trained in boxing, and the white YouTuber has, and that was again painfully obvious. It was painfully obvious when you guys were in the ring together. Like he lives. It was, it was, I hate to say it, but it, it's like a black mark, even though it's a whole different endeavor. Like Nate was a basketball player, but yeah, like this is, this, this will stain your legacy, dude. This was like, his kids had to go to school that Monday, dude. Think about that. Yeah. His that's kids, a good point. That's a his good kids point. Had to go to school. He's, I'm sure he's got a wife or a baby mama's or something in there. Probably looking at him with the side eye, like, "Hey, where's Jake Paul at?" You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you man, he messed up. He he, you know what we say? We do it, do it for the culture. He hurt the culture on that one, man. He hurt the culture for sure. He, he hurt did. the culture on that because he this is the other thing. That fool, that fool posed for a second like he was Ali standing over. Uh, uh, what's his name there? Uh, you know the famous picture. Sonny Liston. Sonny yeah, Liston, Jake standing Paul, over yeah. Sonny Liston. He, he, Jake Paul actually posed like Ali standing over Liston. And, and, and for him to do that, you know he didn't do that naturally. For him to do that, uh, clearly this was something that he had had thought about and had planned on doing and had positioned himself in front of the cameras perfectly to get that type of shot in. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I'll send it to you, Reed, and I'll post it for, for everybody there. But I think I saw it, but yeah. worse than that, the following day, Jake Paul was walking around wearing a Nate Robinson jersey. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. I, I was like, wow. But hey, but hey. And see, people are like, all oh, the ridicule. No, no, no. That's part of it. Yes. I don't like it. I When Roy Jones got knocked out by Tarver and other dudes, I hated it. And I was pissed off at people making fun of him. When Buster Douglas knocked Mike out, I was pissed off at people making fun of him. But that has always been part and parcel of boxing. If you climb your ass through them ropes and you get knocked out, there's a greater than zero chance you're going to get clowned. So don't sit here and tell, oh, man, we can't do that today. No, that's what happens. That's what boxing is. You don't play. Snoop said the best. You don't play boxing. It's an old cliche, but it's true. Don't get your ass in there because that's what can happen. And we all know what it is. And here's the worst thing. You're on a mic. Tyson pay-per-view, so everybody either saw it or heard about it. So it is what it is. You can't get mad at the people for clowning you for getting knocked out. You should be mad that you got your ass in the ring to get knocked out. It's on you. That's on you, man. That's no a good simple. call. And, no and so, so put your promoter hat on for a second, Reed, because I have a, I have a theory here. All right, if I'm if I'm Jake Paul in his camp, I'm holding out for another fight or two before I fight somebody who knows what they're doing. Because at this point, Jake Paul has created enough buzz for his name to carry a fight. People will tune in to watch him fight, right? Celebrity style, not, not anybody sure. serious. So, so I think no, you find agreed. another 
you find another athlete that doesn't have any boxing training, you knock his ass out too. Um, you might, you might, after that, you find a tomato can and you know, you, you find a way to convince him to let you knock his ass out too. And then you cash out with a Conor McGregor or somebody like that. But I, I, I wouldn't put him in a real money fight yet against somebody that has skills because we know that as soon as he gets in the ring with somebody with skills, he's going to get his ass whooped. So he has a short shelf life also. And just real quick, I don't know if you know the background. So what prompted Nate versus Jake Paul was the fact Jake's brother Logan called out Antonio Brown, the football player. And this was in the height of Antonio Brown's mental episodes, you know, getting, uh, cut by the Raiders and then cut by the Patriots and having sexual assault cases and shit like that. This is when Logan Paul called out uh, Antonio Brown. So there was no response from Antonio Brown. So then Nate Robinson stepped up, you know, saying, hey, I'm uh, basically, I'm defending the sanctity of professional athletes and you're just a YouTuber. I'll fight you. And then Jake stepped up, said, okay, I'll fight you, Nate. Forget my brother, I'll fight you. So that, that's where all of this stems from. So uh, to your point now, now that we've seen what we saw, there's going to be, I've already seen on social media, all kinds of athletes or all kinds of uh, journeyman level boxers. Hey, I'll fight him. You know, I know a guy, I won't say his name because I don't want to ruin it for him, but I know a guy with a record of seven wins and 17 losses and like four draws, like horrible record. But I promise you he would beat Jake Paul in a boxing match. He'd so, beat his ass. He wouldn't just beat him. He would beat his ass. He wouldn't get out of the first round. You right. Know, he'd beat but his ass. But that's what they're going to have to guard against. To your point, you're going to have to handpick carefully. You want to get uh, you want to get him some celebrity fights, maybe find another football player or a basketball player, a guy, an athlete that you know doesn't have a boxing back. Beat his ass. And then finally, yeah, there's going to be a cash out opportunity. I don't, I don't see what the incentive would be for Conor McGregor to fight Jake Paul. I really don't. And why? Why? If you can fight Manny Pacquiao and you already fought Floyd, why the hell would you fight Jake Paul? Like, I, I don't get any incentive on Conor McGregor's behalf. Well, the, the money. I mean, let's be honest here. The kid, the guy is a YouTuber with a, with a strong following, and he, I think, it would be a mistake to not admit that. What he did, the spectacle of what he did absolutely helped create a level of marketing and brand awareness for that that card that Tyson and Jones couldn't have done on its own. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. I, I mean, I, I, I would argue that what he did was just as it went just as viral as as Tyson and Jones because it, it was an actual knockout. Right. I mean, you, you would know better than me, Reed, because this is what you do. But that's just my take on that. I think. Here's what I here's what I'll say to that. I think the people who ordered the pay per view, I don't think they ordered the pay per view because of Jake Paul. They ordered the pay per view because of Mike Tyson. Absolutely. Now, if we're talking, Absolutely. If we're talking the story of the pay per view, clearly that was uh, Nate Robinson getting knocked getting knocked out. There's no that that was the story. So the story of the pay per view, what everybody was talking about the next day was Jake Paul. I'll give you that, and that will carry over to whatever he does next. But no, the people that paid for that pay-per-view, they wanted to see, there was some like me, hey, Roy Jones was a part of it, but it was primarily, by and large, Mike Tyson people, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And just to put a bow on this, um, going back to Tyson Jones, the the the, 
the hilarity of the post-match interview with Jim Gray. First of all, I love Jim Gray because he just ignores Mike Tyson's antics. Most people would be terrified because Mike, Mike has this weird ability during an interview where he could laugh and joke around and that he could say something really, really serious that makes you concerned that he's probably about to kill you. And he can do it all in the same sentence at the same time. And because Jim Gray is used to him and they love each other and, you know, it's all love there. Jim Gray can just completely ignore Mike Tyson's antics and it's all right. <laughs> but you right, know, right, at right. one point he's asking, uh, he's asking Roy about his health and how he's doing and all that other stuff. And Mike's like, what about me? <laughs> right. right. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't fought 15. I ain't fought 15 years. He talked, he fought three years ago. You asking him about, talk about me. I ain't fought 15 years. But for, for Mike Tyson to say that, and it's like, come on, Mike, don't be petty. But at the same time, it's like Mike was serious. He wasn't joking either. He was dead serious. Dude. Dead serious. serious. Nobody cared about my well-being. You worried about so much about him, he could have fucked me up. You know what right. I mean? Right, right, <laughs> so right. I, I mean, I just suspect and, and then you got Roy literally holding his side. You could tell the man was labored in his breathing because clearly he had a rib issue. Uh, all them body shots that he took. And he would say, well, I don't know, man. I don't know. I want to do this again. And I don't know. And I don't know. And then somebody said something to him towards the end. And then Roy, suddenly he stopped holding his side. He's like, well, you know, Florida want to do this. And I talked to my family. If they say they want to do it, then, you know, we could do what we got to do. Because Mike kept saying, we got to run it back. We got to do it again. <laughs> so it sounded like to me, somebody whispered to him, Roy, come on, man. We, you know, you could make more money. Let's do it again. So he went from saying, yeah, I ain't doing this again, hell no, to at least pretending like, you know, he's bad enough to step in the ring with, with Mike one more time. I don't, as a big fan of them, I don't want to see. That's the thing about these exhibitions with the old timers. You can only do it once. You can only. There, there would be no interest in Roy Tyson, too, in that capacity. Now, with that said. There's rumors of Roy. Roy is always, him and Anderson Silva have been very friendly. Anderson Silva, of course, from mixed martial arts. They've always talked about boxing each other. Don't be surprised if we see a Roy Jones-Anderson Silva exhibition. And if you package that with Mike, Ty Mike Tyson versus anybody, it could be Mike Tyson versus Duke Loves Wrestling and Reed BBS. We, we could be tag teaming against Mike in the main event. And you put Roy Anderson Silva as the co-main, uh, they're, they're going to do a million and a half pay-per-views, brother. Easily. They would. Easily. Easily. And, and here's the thing, and, and we can't ignore this because this is a fact of life. It was a million and a half, 1.2, between 1.2 and 1.5. We're still waiting for the official numbers uh, right. at the end there. But they're, they're saying a billion and a half um, paid. That doesn't count how many people streamed it illegally. Or, or, you right. know, questionable. You can, you can go at least another million minimum. Yeah, at, at least, least another, another million. million. Because minimum. everybody saw that fight in real time. Everybody was commenting on it online. And there ain't no way in hell, Reed, that all those people paid for that fight. So, <laughs> and we just put it You're at right. that. You're right. You're right, brother. <laughs> just leave it there. You know, some people were probably streaming on Zoom and being creative. Um, with how they shared the fight, because you know you could, you, there are ways to do that to um, share your screen, and then everybody can watch who's in the room. All that good stuff. I'm not giving anybody any ideas, by the way, folks. Uh, you know, and 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 just for clarity's sake, I might as well put that out there. Um, it is not illegal in America for you to watch a stream. 
it is illegal for you to host a stream if you have the information stored. It will be illegal for you to download the stream and store it. But if you're just watching something stream, the technology and the laws have not caught up with the technology. So you could technically do it and you would not be in legal jeopardy. So I'm just I'm just saying that. So uh, clarify. on that note, so what you're saying is uh, fire sticks aren't illegal. I'm asking for a friend. No, if, if you were to, quote unquote, jailbreak your fire stick and watch a stream, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't be in illegal jeopardy if all you're doing is watching a stream. Now, if you downloaded something from it and stored it and kept it, now you you run afoul of of the uh, laws there. So <laughs> I'll pass that along to my friend. Thank you. Yes, Thank you, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Everybody should know that. And listen, and, and, and let's be honest here. There have been attempts at making the laws catch up. And it gets defeated every single time. And there's a reason for that. And I think part of the reason is because we have all of our service people around the world, different parts of the world, and that's the only way that they can watch certain things at times. Right. So that loophole is there for a reason. And you're not going to, you're not going to, somebody who's putting their life on the line for the country, you're not going to make it more difficult for them to, to be able to watch stuff. So just keep that in mind as well there. Um, which I know somebody's going to be like, why would you bring that up? Let me tell you something. Half of this audience right now know damn well damn. they're streaming half of this stuff. So we don't want to pretend. <laughs> so, you know, this is, this pirates. is you pirates. know, all yeah, pirates. all y'all are pirates. And you ain't from the Caribbean, so don't even try to play. So, but just letting you know, I mean, it's it's not, it's, it's, a, it's a loophole that people take full advantage of, and yeah. it is what it is. So that's it. Reed, you um, provide even more in-depth analysis of that card and every other card in, in, in boxing, um, and you have some great interviews up and what have you on your YouTube channel. It's definitely a, a stop for me on a weekly basis um, leading up to big fights and, and also after the fact just to catch up on what's going on. Why don't you let everybody know, how can they check out your stuff so they can be more aware of what's happening in the boxing world? Yeah, the best way to hit me up, I'm uh, I'm Sean Reed, better known as Reed BBS, BBS, Black Burp Sugar, Bachelors in Boxing Studies, Fred Sanford of the Fistic Arts. Uh, the best way to reach me, to uh, to reach my content, I should say, is on YouTube under the name Reed BBS Television, which is the Spanish version of television. Uh, you can also reach me at Sean Reed on Facebook. Uh, my videos are posted on Twitter as well as Instagram. So uh, just check me out. You won't be disappointed. It's the same vibe you're getting now with Duke. It's just more boxing centric. And real quick, want to shout out the homie Earl Spence. Uh, my most recent interview was with his trainer, Derek James. Last night, Earl Spence, he uh, had his comeback fight from a horrific accident uh, 14 months or so ago, or maybe about uh, 13 months or so, however long ago it was. His car flipped. Five times he was thrown from the car. Seemed improbable he would ever box again. Hell, it seemed improbable he would live through the accident. He lived through the accident. He boxed again. And then he won impressively in his first fight back against Danny Garcia. So shout out to the Dallas homie. And with the Dallas Cowboys not winning many games this year, a Dallas fighter fought in a Cowboy Stadium, Jerry World, AT&T Stadium. And he won. So I'm taking all the W's I can for Dallas. Shout out to Earl Spence. But, yeah, hit me up. 
Uh, reach out to me on uh, YouTube, Reed BBS Television. Always fun to talk to my man, Reed. Just a great dude. Great dude there. Couldn't think of a better way to celebrate International Duke Day than to chop it up with one of our favorite guests of all time, Reed. Good stuff. You know, and I appreciate you folks listening and, and checking us out. As always, you can leave a rating, hopefully five stars, you know, on your favorite podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes or Spotify, any of those things there, YouTube, you name it. You know, make sure you give us a good rating there. We appreciate that so we can continue to deliver this great show for you. That's right. Now, listen, before we get out of here, I'm going to play for you the most ridiculous, the most ridiculous International Duke Day gift I've ever received. It came from the Boston Bad Boy a few years ago. It's ridiculous. And then we'll have our man Tony Schiavone come back to uh, take us out. So be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Check out this clip and then take it away, Tony Schiavone. I really went out of my way this year and I wanted to get you something really nice. So I went on the Google and I searched around. And I got you something that no one else could possibly get you. Something oh. that you don't have. All right. What do we got here? You ready for this? Let's. What is it? Happy birthday, Duke. Happy, happy birthday. Huh? It's, your own, happy it's your own song. Birthday, what kind of nonsense is this right now? I had a custom birthday, song made for you. Are you kidding me? No, this is your song. I think it's Bjork. I don't know. It sounds foreign. She's really saying Duke. She's saying Duke. Well, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Background singers, those were extra. Are you kidding me? What is this? I think say Felice Cupliano. So you might, in case you are bilingual. Oh, vamanos. That's a good idea. Let's vamanos. Is she barking in the song? Somebody's barking in the song. Somebody's barking. You like that though, right? See, in case it's like math. She's very excited. I, again, I really think it's Bjork or it's a computer. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Nobody right. else is getting you something that cool for your that, birthday. That was the worst Even your birthday gift I've ever received in my in my life. Mr. Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.